You heard the word twice already if you are listening closely in the readings. It was the word satisfy and satisfied. What do those words mean to you? What kind of images or pictures come into your mind as you hear those words? When I picture satisfied, I envision a meal. It's a meal that I have attained this happy place between two opposite extremes. Satisfied is that middle place between, on the one hand, being starving, and on the other hand, being stuffed. So, let's consider the two extremes here for a minute. On the one hand, they're starving, and when you're starving, it hurts. Many people around the world are afflicted by starvation for any number of reasons, and it hurts to be starving. Trust me, I know. In fact, a 1944 to 1945 study that was done by the University of Minnesota showed that the, some of the biggest challenges that occur to people who are starving include apathy and lethargy, depression and anxiety, and the inability to focus on some of the most basic things in life. That's being starving. Then on the other hand, you've got being stuffed. This is an especially common feeling in Western culture, but it's not exclusive to it. I've always pictured stuffed like a Thanksgiving meal. You know that feeling, don't you? Don't you? Yeah. (laughs) You go to your family's house, and what's the first thing that you got? Food. Then, you eat some more. It's the mashed potatoes. Then, the stuffing. Then, the green bean casserole. Then, it's the vegetable platter. Then, it's the turkey. Then, it's the cranberry sauce. And then, and then, and then, and then. And finally, you're just like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can eat anymore. And you know what comes next? The apple pie. Or if it's my wife, then it's the pumpkin pie instead. But the point is, you eat it. And how do you feel after you've had everything? You're stuffed. You sit down in the couch, and how do you feel? Probably tired. Maybe a little bit guilty. Maybe feeling like you have to atone for the things that you have done wrong. And... Maybe this, even this idea that if for some reason you decide that you're going to restrict all that food that you ate the next day, that somehow that's going to shave off all the calories that you just ate. Doesn't work that way. That's stuffed, and we've studied starving, but then there's satisfied, which is that happy medium right in the middle. When you're satisfied, you're not hungry, you're not overfull either, you recognize that you've had enough, 
and you are in a place where you can have pleasure and contentment in what you have received. And that's what our gospel lesson is about today. Our gospel lesson today is about satisfaction. It's a familiar passage. It's the feeding of the 5,000, an event that's recorded in all four gospels. And interestingly, in all four gospels, they have basically the same reaction by the crowd when they received the meal. Matthew, Mark, and Luke all record the same words. They all ate and were satisfied. The word in Greek is ekortethasen. While in John, it says that those who had partaken of the meal had eaten their full. The sense, regardless of which gospel is concerned, is the same. All who fed were fed by Jesus, weren't starving, but they weren't stuffed either. They were satisfied. But that's not how it started. When Mike read the gospel lesson just a few minutes ago, you probably didn't pay attention to the first verse, but it provides a really important key factor in this. It said, after John the Baptist had been beheaded. John the Baptist had just been beheaded. John the Baptist was the spiritual leader of the people of Israel. John the Baptist, the one who had cried out, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. John the Baptist who had said, After me comes one after me who is greater than me because he was before me. He had just been beheaded. The one who had proclaimed salvation by grace alone was gone. And now the people were helpless. They were like a sheep without a shepherd and their spiritual food was gone. So Jesus fed them. But he didn't feed them food at first. Instead, he fed them spiritually. Yet as the day progresses, they become physically hungry as well. In fact, in Mark's account of the gospel, it says that so many people were coming and going that they had no leisure even to eat. So these people came, and they were spiritually hungry, and they were fed, and now they're physically hungry. So what's Jesus going to do? He's going to provide. And that's what Jesus does for them. And it is, isn't it interesting, don't you know, how Jesus goes about this day? The people, they had been hungry in two senses. And which was the first sense that they were satisfied? Was it the spiritual sense or the physical sense in which they were first satisfied? I'm actually asking the question, guys. Were they spiritually satisfied first or were they um, physically satisfied first? Spiritually they were spiritually satisfied first. They hungered and thirsted for righteousness, for Jesus' word, and Jesus satisfies them. He gives them everything that they need for eternal life, and then when they're physically hungry, he also gives them their daily bread. At the end of the day, after the feeding of the 5,000, the people are no longer starving in any sense of the word. Neither are they stuffed. Rather, they are satisfied. They are filled with pleasure and contentment for what they have been given. 
satisfied, neither starving nor stuffed. This is not just an issue about 2,000 years ago. This isn't either, neither is this just about food itself. This feeding of the 5,000 and being satisfied is all about we who are here in this congregation as well. There are people all over the world who are starving, including members of our own congregation. Yes, there are those who are literally starving, and this is why we have the food bank, which does so many wonderful things in this congregation. But there's also those who are starving for God's word. Who are these people? Look around. Notice what you see in this church. Actually do it. Look around for a minute. What do you see? Of course you see your friends and family there, but there's another thing that I'm noticing as I look around here. It's especially true in this little gap right in the middle between the one side of the pew and the other side. Empty seats. I was I told when I first came to this congregation that it was no more than five years ago that these pews were almost completely filled at one point. Am I right? Okay. There's a lot of people who have been left by the wayside. There's a lot of people who have fallen off of our radar, whether intentionally or unintentionally. And this is where we as a church have an answer. Look around your pews and think to yourself, who was it who sat next to me five years ago and isn't here? Guess what? They're starving. And they need something here. They need Jesus. To maybe bring this and put this into a perspective, I want to share with you a story. Um, it comes to, it's a story about me. Um, it comes from last summer. There was a number of reasons last summer that I was unable to attend worship. I was unable to attend worship for over four weeks. At first, the first week without church, I was okay. But then, by weeks two, three, and four, I was starting to go a little stir-crazy. And then by the end of week five, I was starting to feel numb to my problems as if they weren't a problem at all. And that's when, after about six to eight weeks, that I finally made it back to a worship service on Sunday morning. And I heard for the first time in eight weeks from a pastor himself, your sins are forgiven. I received for the first time in eight weeks the sacrament of the altar where I heard the body of Christ given for you, the blood of Christ shed for you. And guess what happened when I heard that for the first time. Satisfaction. I can only imagine those who haven't heard God's word in a while, or those who don't even realize that they're starving feel like. Maybe it's those who don't go to church except 
on Christmas or Easter. Maybe it's those who come to have their children baptized and then they don't come back until they have another child and then they don't come back at all. Think about how they feel inwardly about their sins. How much they need the satisfaction that God's word can provide as if they could receive it if only they were spiritually fed and nourished just like we are. And this is where the church offers a kind of satisfaction that not only our members, but all who starve for God's word can receive. We don't simply say to the person who's starving, oh, I'll pray for you. Rather, we share Jesus with them. We share Jesus' forgiveness, Jesus' life, Jesus' salvation. We invite them to the place where they can receive Jesus in his forgiveness and word. And that's what makes part of the Lutheran worship service so great. Because here in the divine worship service, we receive the righteousness of God that we hunger and thirst after. Because Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be what? Oh, come on, guys. Blessed are they who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. That's why we plug for people to come to worship service on a regular basis. That deals with the starving side of people. But there's also the people who are stuffed because of church. And I think this is true, especially at a large congregation like ours. In my first three weeks here at St. John's, I met with Pastor Muse three different times for three hours at a time. So that way Pastor Muse could explain to me all of the different ministries that were going on in this place. Three times, three hours, that's nine hours of work just to know everything that's going on in this church. There's cross training, there's blast events, there's food bank, there's clothes closet, there's 419 ministry, there's music ministry, there's choir, there's Bible studies, there's St. John Lutheran School, there's all of the different things, and I just named nine, and that's just me going off the top of my head. If you try and do all of those things, and you feel guilty because oh man, I'm not doing enough for the church. Guess what? If you try and do all of it, what's going to happen? You're going to be stuffed. And you're going to, the feeling of discontentment and guilt and a need to make up for what you haven't done for all of the other things in this world is going to come up, just like you m might feel after a Thanksgiving meal. And this is where the church actually has an answer for those who are stuffed. And the answer is this. Reprioritize. Think about what is most important. Reset. What is most important is not the blast event as much as the blast event is important. What's most important is being fed and nourished by God's word and have it clearly explained to you and receiving the forgiveness of sins in the divine service. Once you have done that, then you can reprioritize everything else according to your vocational abilities. First to, your first to God, then to your family, and then to your world.
Jesus wants us to be satisfied. That's what the feeding of the 5,000 is about. And we know that true satisfaction is found in Jesus both now in this life and in eternity. That's what we learn because when we are fed by Jesus, he leaves us neither starving nor stuffed for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. We find true satisfaction when the gospel is preached to us individually and clearly and the sacraments are administered rightly. And so that is why you are here now. You are here to be fed and satisfied. And you are here to be fed and satisfied every time you come. Until that day when Jesus comes and returns again to judge the living and the dead, And we can, with all of the saints in heaven and the four living creatures and all of the angels sing, this is the feast of victory for our God and be satisfied in the presence of Jesus who will give us all things forever. Amen.